Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each and every day, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional components. Today, our special guests are Miranda and Simon. They are the British owners of an entirely vegan bed and breakfast in Hammondsport, which sits within the Finger Lake regions of the New York state. I had the pleasure to spend last October, I spent five days only, that was not nearly enough time to be there, but I was able to meet these beautiful people and stay at the end and kind of discover and play around in their community. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us, Pepper. Nice to yeah, see you. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. So since I've seen you last, you have traveled back to England, did you say? Yep, to see family. Okay. And I loved your place. I've got my own spooky story that I'm going to tell. Um, <laughs> just because I freaked myself out because it's, you know, it, it's up there and I was all by myself kind of thing. But I'll tell that story a little later. Uh, it had nothing to do with the place. The place is magnificent and beautiful and cozy and lovely and warm. And before I get into that, I would love for you to share who you are and kind of what you're doing. Uh, give the listeners a little bit of preface of, of what's happening. Okay. Well, you're looking at me. <laughs> Simon, right. I guess it's you. I'll start and she'll kick me under the table when she wants me to stop. That's the way it works here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so, well, we, we got to a certain point in our lives where we decided we wanted to make a change from what we were doing career-wise, and we made a decision to try and buy a bed and breakfast, and we got everything all organized to do that in the UK, and we were very close to buying one in the UK, uh, and then it fell through pretty much at the, uh, the, the purchase of it fell through very much at the last minute. And um, we were in a bit of a fix. We needed to do something fairly quickly. So we did a bit of research. And then we came over on a exploratory trip, if you like, uh, uh, November 2019. We spent less than a week in the northeast of the country. And we looked at a number of properties. We came to this particular property, which for us had the wow factor. But we also fell in love with the area. I mean, we're on the fringe of Hammondsport and quite rightly, it won the cutest small town in America some years ago. It is so cutesy. We, we loved it and we love the lake. Uh, there's so much to do around the lake. But we thought, well, if we're going to buy a bed and breakfast anywhere, this is as good a place as anywhere. Yeah, I think I've definitely got goosebumpy coming in here, just fell in love with the building. It was just feeling quite anxious because it felt like, oh gosh, we are actually going to move three and a half thousand miles away from all of our friends and family to do this. 
and we went into the village to debrief didn't we and um there was like yeah. a, little, a little bar there we thought oh let's let's just go and have have a beer and have a chat before we carry on our road trip and look at the next place and uh they do food there and there was a vegan burger on on the menu and i was like that's it we're sold <laughs> that's it. it's destiny it was meant to be <laughs> yeah so yeah it, 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 well it, it was uh it, it, it was it was so many different aspects of it which we thought well nothing's going to better this we did make a fairly hasty decision to buy it but i i think it was the best decision we've probably made mm -hmm. apart from meeting Don't. each other in the first place um, uh, it was to buy this place and it's been you know we had a tough start obviously because we moved we bought at the end of January 2020 and we were only open for I want to say five or six weeks and then we had to close all businesses in New York closed for about three months and that gave us time to sort of reevaluate the business and how it had been operating prior to us buying it and to have a good look around the area and get our bearings so, you know, all in all, that was positive. And then as soon as we opened uh, back in the middle of June of 2020, and from that point onwards, we've been very busy and it's been a joy. You know, we're still we're still really enjoying our yeah. our, uh, you know, our time here. It's mm. been great. First job I've had where people thank me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's nice to get that praise and it's and it's nice. Uh, it's nice that when people say they want to come back and we've had a lot of people come back multiple times I, it may be because of the, the pandemic and people's fear of traveling too far I'm, I'm not sure but uh, I think people have found it to be sort of a safe and a welcoming place and a good base to do all the many things that there are here in the Finger Lakes and a lot of people have told us that so we've 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 enjoyed ourselves haven't we yes yes we have yeah well, I can share with you that I loved my time there and there was just so much to do that I barely scratched the surface. Mm. So if people are coming back, that is one of the pieces. But I think the most important is that the two of you are such amazing hosts. You are both so warm and welcoming. And, and that was the first time we met was in October and it literally felt like we had known each other forever. So you just both have that type of welcoming energy that people will respond to. So congratulations on your success. I'm so happy for you and I'm, I'm so grateful to know you. So do you mind telling us a little bit about the building that you purchased? I know the vegan burger down the road was like your answer. You're like, this is the one, but it yeah, also yeah. had to be the building. Tell me about that building. Cause it's so fun to experience the, yeah. the shape of the building and the kind of the history. Size the history bus. This is part of his routine with all guests as he shows them around. <laughs> My pattern. Yeah, he well, tells them I mean, all about it. No, but I still feel excited and we do feel genuinely like we are simply the custodians of a historic place. So the, the building was built in 1859 and it was built by a family called the Young Loves who were originally from England, uh, I think two or three generations on. They came up from Pennsylvania and originally they operated as sheep farmers in this valley. And they, they lived in the building that's next door to us. And then the son of the guy that was the farmer, a guy called Timothy Younglove, he wanted to build the Octagon House. And at that time in the mid 19th century, there was a fad of building these octagon uh, octagons shaped properties. And I think there's probably a couple of thousand were built originally, mainly here in the Northeast. Uh, many of them have gone because they were wood framed 
This is 18 inch thick um, local stone, so it's not going anywhere in a hurry. And then they built a couple of little wings on the sides in the 1880s, but it was a property that owned most of the valley, I think over 140 acres uh, initially. And then around about the same time as the building was completed in 1859, Timothy, who was the son who was the builder, he was a co-founder of the Great Western Winery, which is less than half a mile from our front door. Uh, his name's one of, I think, six or eight names on the plaque above the front door of the winery, and it's the oldest bonded winery in the country. At that point, a lot of the sheep farming land was converted over to vineyards, and pretty much every square inch of land in the whole valley and around the southern end of this lake, Lake Cuca, was given up to grape growing, not necessarily winemaking, but grape growing, because grape juice was also very popular in those days. So yeah, I mean, it's it's on the historic building register. It's um, got a Wikipedia page. It's got its own Wikipedia page, nothing to do with us. It was, it predates us. Mm. And as I said a minute ago, you know, we just feel like we're the current custodians and we want to make sure that we hold true to the, you know, the building, the originality of the building. Well, it is a beautiful building and you are beautiful people. So I was so blessed to be there. I'll tell my little story here. So it's an older building. What year did you say that it was built? 1859. Okay, 1859. So there's a lot of history there. And most people going into buildings like that, they are probably thinking, oh, something's going on energetically. Well, this building was calm and cozy. And this was Halloween timeframe in October because I was there for the foliage and I got to spend time with you as you came and then left and then came back. (laughs) And the first day you had offered for me to stay in either your space or in the inn. And we chose the inn and I scared myself the first night by watching all of these haunted shows. And so from then on, I just had to have the lights on in the bedroom that I stayed in. So it had nothing to do with the space. I just spooked myself because it was Halloween and I watched all these haunted shows. Um, But the space was just so good to me and so cozy. And I suggest anyone to go there. So let's jump on the topic of the other reason why we wanted you on our podcast today connecting people with the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional components, the best of themselves. Eating. When we go to vacation, sometimes it is hard for people like myself, who's a raw foodist, vegan, um, even people who are vegetarians, to find great options for themselves. And your menu, that's what stuck out first for me, was the breakfast that you guys offered the first day that I was there. The menu you have is extensive for the guests. And so let's talk about that. And then I want to get into the menu in a minute. But tell me why that is such a passionate thing for you to have vegan as your lifestyle, not just your personal lifestyle, but also something that you offer to the community and your guests. Yeah, I think... um... For me, I was a vegetarian for many, many, many years um, and then just started to find out more information really about eggs and dairy and at the same time developing an understanding of the health benefits of becoming vegan. I had a friend who had been suffering from high blood pressure and migraines and she adapted to a plant-based diet and found that that absolutely 
totally turned around her migraines and lowered her blood pressure, which was great. So I, I just became more and more, I've, I've just got to be vegan. I can't kid myself any longer that being a vegetarian is enough. I don't want to not be who I truly am. So we took a decision. Well, I took a decision and Simon came on Christmas Eve at the right No, so we've been together eight years. When we met, um, I was vegetarian, so I ate anything that was put in front of him. <laughs> we lived in the city centre, didn't we? So we would eat out quite a lot. We're out in a restaurant. You you want to eat vegetarian or vegan, and, and I'm a meat and veg guy and, and a dairy guy. And there was a couple of instances where I slipped off the, off the perch a wee bit, and, then, and there was one when I had a steak, and there was another when I had pork ribs. And I can recall on both occasions that I didn't feel very well. And that really made me, made me think, mm. made me think. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on, the, on the back of that, we made a decision, a New Year's resolution. I think we did it on the 2nd of January rather than the 1st, because I just think the 1st of the year is there's just all these piles of expectation on being a new person, etc. We eased ourselves into it um, and were vegan. Um, and that was great. I mean, it was really, it was a steep learning curve for me because I absolutely loved baking and I was really concerned about how I was going to be able to bake without using dairy and eggs. And um, But prior to us turning vegan, Simon has been, he had high stress jobs. So he, you know, he was, he's never been overweight, but he had all the indicators, all the stress indicators, high blood pressure, raised cholesterol. Um, Borderline diabetic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had an, I had an, I somatized my stress. Uh, so I had high blood pressure from my 30s, even though I was an athlete at the time. So I was fit and I wasn't overweight, but I somatized my stress. So I had high blood pressure and that was largely because of the, my the, what kind of work that I was doing. And I also had irritable bowels. Yeah, I mean, sorry, but I mean, that was a major problem for me for many years. Mm. And off the back of the conversations we had, I mean, it just coincided with me having what I call an old man checkup. Um, my physician said to me, you know, you're borderline diabetic now. You've got very high cholesterol. You're, we probably will need to up your dose of blood pressure tablets. And, you know, your IBS or whatever it is, is as bad as ever. What are you going to do? So that's really when we, I, I came back and I said, well, look, I'm, I'm with you. Let's mm. do this. And this is genuinely true. I personally felt significantly better, healthier within a fortnight of doing that. So I went back after six weeks to my physician and she did all the same checks and she said, oh my goodness, fantastic. You can come off your blood pressure tablets. You're no longer borderline diabetic. Your cholesterol is normal for an old guy of your age and how are your irritable bowels? And they've been great. And I think it's fair to say we've barely had a cough or a cold in the last, was it six years? It's more than that. Okay, so seven no, or eight, seven, yeah. seven years we've been vegan. We haven't, we haven't knowingly not been vegan at any point in those seven years. And I, and I think um, it's transformed my health. So absolutely. So it's all down to meeting Miranda. She has saved me. Oh, I love that. You guys oh, are the best. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, certainly from a, from a physical health perspective, we both feel really great, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I just really, if, if you you say about traveling, you, you mentioned that link, you know, how difficult it is to eat sometimes. I mean, I find that you end up eating a lot of processed food, even as a vegan when you're <clears> traveling, <throat> and you really feel the difference when you're able to eat clean. You can just feel, I always feel like I can see nutrition just 
throwing through my body and making me feel better well, after too much processed but, food. But, but yeah. linking that with what we're doing, Pepper, is we used to go on, we used to do a lot of city breaks. We're not set on the beach type. So we went to several European capital cities in the years before we moved over to the US. And it's fair to say, you know, we, we would always try and stay in a really nice hotel or a four-star or a five-star hotel, but you could never get vegan food. You know, there wasn't a vegan menu. You would have to know somewhere else in the city that had a vegan restaurant. Now, mm. to me, that suggests that vegans are perceived as being in some way or other second class citizens, you know. So that's fine. But actually, we're not hippies. We're not people that have to put up with something less. And the fact that we've got, got the inn as we have, and it is, it's a four or five star bed and breakfast property. And as a vegan, you can come to the inn. And you don't have to think about the fact that you're a vegan. It's just there for you. And I think that's important. It's, mm -hmm. And it's getting more and more important as more and more people realise that veganism is, is the way to go, I think. And I, th I think that the reason that we're running a vegan business is absolutely tied into, you know, not just not wanting to be employed by other people, but I really wanted to feel that I had integrity and I was living my authentic life. And for me, I really wanted to share my love of vegan food with people. They don't have to be vegan. It's great to cater for vegans and be able to give them an experience which is way better than they get in other establishments. But it's incredibly gratifying when omnivores come and stay and they say, oh, I was really scared. I didn't think I'd eat anything. And it's <laughs> lovely. Or this isn't butter. Well, it tastes great. Or oh, how, did you, how did you make that muffin? There must be eggs in this. Eggs? Nope. And it, all of that is lovely because it feels like we're spreading the word by stealth, just by sharing food, because it is food. You shouldn't have to qualify it as being vegan. It's food. And it, it feels really great when people come back and say, oh, I have oat milk now. Mm. You know, oh, I've started buying that butter that you use. I really well, like what's it. What's really interesting is, I mean, we, we're not running an official loyalty program here, but we, we do make a big deal about people coming back and we we give them a little bit of an extra discount or whatever in order to make them feel like they've been valued to come back. And we've got, I think we've got two or three couples now who have been back with us five times. None of them are vegan. And none of them are vegan. Mm. So, I mean, it's, I haven't done any detailed analysis because I don't pin people down and say, you know, are you a vegan or not? It's just rude. But vegans tend to tell us they're vegan and non-vegans tend to, it sort of slips out that Maybe the wife booked the trip and she didn't tell the husband until they were on the car on the way up. And, you know, I've had a couple of comments from people to say, I thought I couldn't eat anything. I thought, I, you know, I stopped the car on the side of the road even. One guy said, and he said, I thought we'd need to just turn around because I couldn't eat anything. I said, well, have you never eaten a banana? And, you know, I said, you've, you've spent your life eating vegan food of one form or another. And it's, none of this is going to kill you. You're going to enjoy the food because she's a good cook. And it's been really gratifying, particularly for Miranda, that you know they like her baking they like what she cooks and they're not vegan and it's just do you know what we don't actually make a big deal about it if people ask me i will though i have to say i don't you know there are people on holiday they don't necessarily want to be lectured or no. anything but if, you know i think that you do have a lot of conversations and people people are more plant curious now i think people yeah. are incorporating more meat-free days into their mainstream diet because I think little by little that, that that awareness of the health benefits of, you know, reducing your meat intake, et cetera, is trickling 
through to the mainstream, not just people who have that as a natural interest in life. Thank you so much for all that you've shared. We are going to take a short break and give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. And when we come back, I have questions for you on recipes and what you do without baking with eggs. So we'll come right back. Thank you so much. Ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals? For a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine, take time to dive into classes anytime, anywhere with a new online program. For more information, connect on drpepperhernandez.com. This is a 10-month program, one class a month. The Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more. Let me remind you of our guests, Miranda and Simon from the Black Sheep in New York State. I am so excited to get into the second portion because I'm about to hopefully extract some real good juice from you guys. First off, I realized that we really didn't explain what a vegan is to our listening audience. And we have to remember, not all people listening to us across all the platforms are as well versed as you and I are, as we've been kind of living this lifestyle for, you know, decades, if you will. I have been a um, vegan, then I was a raw foodist for 10 years, then back to a vegetarian. I've kind of shifted around for 32 years or something around that time frame. So let's just kind of list that off really quickly. A vegan, vegetarian, raw foodist, whole foodist. Right. Um, and then there's the pescatarian. So you want to take that one, Miranda? Or a pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs> or what the difference between those five are. And I can help you jump in. Oh, yeah. Vegan, plant-based diet. You don't have anything that is animal derived. So you don't have flesh. You don't have their secretions. You don't have their eggs. You don't have their honey. You don't have anything um some people are vegan for health moral reasons environmental reasons vegetarian 
don't have any flesh of animals, but will eat byproducts like dairy and eggs. Pescatarian eats fish. Uh, whole food, I'm thinking you're referring to plant-based whole food diet, which is very much a, a extremely healthy vegan diet. So basically they're oil-free, they don't have any refined sugar, any any processed food at all. It's all food in its wholest, purest form. And through that diet, they are curing all sorts of illnesses at the life medicine department in Rochester. No doubt. Absolutely. Great. And then there's the raw foodist, which are people who consume only raw fruits, vegetables, seeds, grains, and nuts. So we completely eliminate all of the, what we say, the evil white powders, the, the yeah. flowers, the sugar, the dairies, the um, salts, everything is completely um, eliminated. That's also people who, you know, for health and wellness reasons, they're wanting to step over into the natural world from more of the allopathic world. They'll go into something that's called the elimination diet. And mm -hmm. most people will put them on some sort of modified whole food or raw food diet in order to find their allergies. And so it's, it's really great to dive into these kind of things. Know that there is something out there that we can do naturally. Food is our medicine. So we can do these things naturally. We can change the diets, which then change our body structure, which then allows us to heal in a whole nother level. So if anything, I appreciate you for being on just so we can share that with people. Cause it sounds like what you do, what you and Simon have both been doing is sharing that information with your guests and affecting them by them changing their diet softly, gently, right? But they have changed their diet since they've seen you the prior year or they'll share with you. And that is just, I mean, you're affecting people, you're rippling that um, positive health out, whether you know it or not, it's, it's fabulous. Well, I, I think, you know, because I said it, I said in the first half, we try not to make a big deal about it, but invariably people ask us, you know, as you are now. And I think the fact that we come into veganism from two different angles, we started on the same day, but we came in very much uh, a case from around the, the bigger picture, uh, if you like, the moral aspects of this. Whereas for me, it was purely selfish. I've got to be honest, it was selfish. It was like, well, how am I going to improve my declining health? And even if people don't register as far as the, the bigger picture kind of rationale for, for becoming a vegan, if that doesn't really bother them, they could then tend to be, oh, okay, but you, you're saying it's really improved your health to me. I mean, it's improved both of our health, I'm sure. But for me, I've come a, a much longer distance to get to where we are because, yeah, I was, I was meat and dairy guy. And that does seem to have some of our guests, you can see them thinking, Hmm, that's in, that is interesting. And maybe, maybe we should. And they even start to have the conversation over the breakfast table as to whether maybe they should mm. start to use this plant-based butter as opposed to the dairy-based butter. And since little things like that, you know, you mentioned oat milk earlier. Those are tiny victories, if you like, but it's almost like we're hitting them with both aspects of it, which... We don't assault our guests, I hasten to <laughs> No, there's no hitting actually. We're not hitting that. guests. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically, I hit them. I, if, if they need it, they, they get hit, but no. <laughs> that sort of way to call. No. no, you'd have to pay a lot more for that sort of Indeed, treatment. yes, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry. Well, I love that you're there to educate if someone is curious. And earlier in the show, you were saying plant curious. 
I'm wondering um, what you meant by plant curious. I think really if you watch any of those countless documentaries around now that are kind of saying we can't continue to consume and eat in the way that we have been because the earth cannot sustain this and I think that has had the ripple effect where people are thinking well I don't need to have meat maybe every meal maybe I don't maybe I can have a plant-based meal every now and then and I think people are curious about how to include that in their weekly diet yes and I think the fact that we are on the face of it offering ordinary food uh I mean I've I've had friends of mine of sporting buddies and stuff that have thought it was great fun to to suggest that oh now all I would be eating is leaves well no I mean I I don't I personally don't feel like I've suffered at all in terms of the type and the and, and the, the range and the types of food that Miranda is is cooking for me personally and what what the guests get not at all we're not just eating you know grass uh, we, you know I've had the most ridiculous comments made to me yeah. but you know that's a bit of a problem with the word veganism I think it seems to have some negative connotations and it's and a lot of it's through ignorance I think that there are plenty of folks out there that don't really want to go down that route and discuss it because they have this perception that actually, well, that's just a weird thing. People who have it are weird. Maybe they're, you know, still hippie-ish types of connotations to it. I'm not sure. But the fact that we are normal, <laughs> the inn is normal, and, and many of the guests who are vegan are normal. What's normal anyway? But then, you know, that we're not talking about people who are strange. Or extreme. Or extreme. Yeah, extreme. So, yes, I think you know, the fact that we've got this different approach to it and we don't really, you know, push it down people's throats as such, I think is, uh, it, well, it's appreciated. Let's put it this way. The fact that people who are not vegan who keep coming back are coming back at all means that we're clearly doing it softly, softly, if you like. I would like to add this piece. When I saw your menu and when I tasted the food, I didn't realize, unless I would have told it was vegan, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. And that's the beauty is that you're not suffering or not giving the person what they may be used to. Yeah. That It's just a little different. For example, let's talk about your menu. Just some of the things that were on your menu in October, maybe I'm sure you changed them out seasonally. And I'd love to talk to you about that because I know that you um, possibly get your things from like a vegan market or an organic food co-op or something like that, you know, the, within your community. But let's talk about that. And we won't name any brands, okay, because nobody's paying us. Yeah. Um, so for that brand wise, but I know that there was some egg substitute that you were using, tastes just like eggs. There was something that you were using that was like a sausage or chorizo thing, wouldn't even have been able to notice. So the milk was like an oat milk. So people can have the luxuries of what they think that they want to have for a breakfast, right? And the toast can be, it can be a toast, but it's a gluten-free toast. So there's all these beautiful things that you do seamlessly. It doesn't even skip a beat. It doesn't look or taste like cardboard or stale or what someone's vision of what vegan could taste like it is full flavor. It's an amazing meal. And it's, I mean, you wouldn't know that it was vegan unless someone told you. And I think that that was really important to me. I didn't want things to be frightening to people. I'm aware of the fact that people who eat plant-based vegans are in the minority. We need to appeal to everybody. 
So I tried to make the cooked element of breakfast mimic food and breakfast items that people usually have. And I also wanted to give two that didn't have any meat substitutes in. So pancakes, everybody loves a pancake, you know, but that's very easy for people who maybe aren't wanting to experiment with tasting what a, a, a pea protein sausage tastes like compared to a pig sausage, you know? So um, yeah, that was, that was really important that it just looked like you, you could be anywhere. If you didn't know, you could be anywhere. And I think yeah. that's, that was important. As I said, we, we deliberately try not to make a big deal about it. And I think uh, the fact that, as you say, you wouldn't know, you know, I eat Miranda's food all the time. And I mean, one of the things, one of the things I would say since we, since we started, I mean, obviously we started when we were still living in the UK, is that both in the UK and here in the US are generalizing. But I think it's fair to say that the availability and the range of vegan foods that are mimicking ordinary food you know non non-vegan food has increased significantly i mean we as i said we went back to england in january just gone and we that was mind-blowing the range there but i think what's yeah. interesting that i mean you know we are just talking about meat substitutes and things that mimic meat which i think is absolutely the way to mainstream this and to get it into everybody's everyday diet it might still be processed food but it's got no cholesterol in it it's got you know it's way better for you i think in some ways the the supermarkets in in britain are slightly ahead of certainly rural new york state which yeah. is you know where we can compare against and they've got the price point the same so you've got a kind of say a vegan mock chicken pie next to a chicken pie and they cost exactly the same money so people aren't having to think with their budget yeah. they can think absolutely with what they want and people are more likely to try it Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And if that was the case in more places, we could choose health versus Mm -hmm. whatever we're used to or what someone can be used to. So talk to me. I'll just have a couple more questions and then we're going to give your information out to everyone so they can find you before we wrap up the show. But just a few more questions. First one, where are you getting some of your organic produce? Obviously you're getting some locally. Is there a farmer's market in season? You know, when it's in season, are you going there? Uh, Talk to me a little bit about that. There there are farmer's markets. They are extremely seasonal here upstate yeah. New York, everything takes way longer and it's really difficult to for us to use them because they tend to be early on Saturdays when we're at our busiest we do have friends that help us out with this we do have massive Amish community and and they have some great produce there so we we try and shop small and shop local but if we have to go we've got a great chain of supermarkets here that have their own extensive organic range of vegetables and fruit love it love it so my question when we went off to commercial was what are you doing baking without eggs? Those people that are listening to us and maybe they're inspired by your story and they want to make just a small change. Maybe this could be one of them, you know, changing their milk product around, also changing out the egg substitutes. Tell us about a couple different things you do as a vegan baker to make that shift. I would say that the internet is a great resource and if you google anything there's so many vegan food bloggers out there that they're great to give you guidance but one of my favorite things to do is in pancakes to replace eggs I use a traditional uh, McCall's cookbook recipe you know my mom's 1960s 
cookbook when she lived over in the States. And I just substitute eggs in that with um, flaxseed eggs. So ground flax seeds, if you, a tablespoon of that mixed with three tablespoons of warm water equals one egg. And it has the gloopy texture of a beaten egg and it makes a great one-on-one -on -one replacement for that. And also homemade buttermilk, which is lemon juice and soy milk mixed together. That's an absolute, absolute go-to. And yeah, buttermilk in combination with applesauce in cakes works really well as well. There's just loads of different combos that, you know, that I'd say straight off, try a pancake with a flaxseed egg. Try making that. Follow your usual recipe. Just replace the eggs with that. I love that. And the breakfast that you serve, that egg is not flaxseed. No. That egg is what? It's a brand. Can you tell your secret? Well, well there are two types. There's, there's a mung bean, right? It's a mung bean combination. It's made of mung bean. Yeah, a mung bean protein that is manufactured in a convenient liquid form that you can use as a substitute for eggs in omelettes and french toast and frittata and that sort love of thing. it um but i do a i do a tofu scramble that is a, kind of an egg substitute in one of the full english breakfast is one of the gotta do a full english if you're in a bed and breakfast even if you're not in england yeah full english and with that uh, using a, a range of different spices but the secret one is indian black salt which kalanamak it's not black in colour, it's actually pink, but it has a real sulfurous odour, which gives a eggy quality to food. So you get that eggy hint with your tofu or if you put it on avocado, it's just, it's delicious. It takes it to another level. You are giving us some major secrets. When is your recipe book coming out? I when know. is Black Sheep <laughs> Egg Recipe Book? It'll be my legacy. Well, we, uh, <laughs> we're going to step up the Inns blog, uh, blogging aspect we made that decision just recently and i think that's one of the, the threads the mm. uh, repeat threads of the of our blogging will be along the lines of yeah. i mean people ask all the time and you're not hesitant about giving out i won't, recipes, I won't give you? recipes for granola because i sell it but <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind sharing my muffins <laughs> recipes anyway <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I can't wait to personally get a bag of that chocolate granola because I've literally been craving it for as long as it's been since I've seen you, like six months or more. Um, so I'm excited about that. And I am also excited about coming to visit again soon. With that being said, I want to thank you so very much for taking time to be on the show today. Where can we find you on social media? Where is that blog? What is your website? Uh, can we get that info? Yeah, sure. The website is uh, www.stayblacksheepin.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at, as Black Sheep Inn and Spa. And we're on Facebook, Black Sheep Inn and Spa as well. So yeah, those are the three, three ways to find us. If you Google vegan bed and breakfast finger lakes, we'll come up as well. Wonderful. I just love that. Thank you so much, both of you, for getting us one step closer to our highest self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies, especially with all those vegan tips. I appreciate you both for being here today. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank you for having us, Pepper. Lovely to see you yes. again. Absolutely. You're looking great. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very healthy. And to our audience, thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. 
Thank you for listening and let's make this your very best life ever.